what I'm reading and um, there's two books that I'm reading right now. I'm trying to read one spiritual book and one leadership book. Uh, the spiritual book that I'm reading right now is by um, Mac Batterson and it's called uh, The Wild Goose Chase. Wild Goose Chase. And, uh, and it, is, it is based on what the Celtic Christians uh, used to have a name for the Holy Spirit that was translated into Wild Goose meaning that the Holy Spirit moves in ways we don't understand. We don't know where he's going. We don't know where he came from. We just follow him. Amen. And it's basically talks about how you can have a life of adventure with the Holy Spirit. If your life is dull, I'm, I'm wondering if you're following the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're quiet here, but that's all right. Uh, the other book I'm, we're going through, I'm going through with my wife is a book called Love and Respect. Um, amazing book. Uh, we just, uh, I just discovered that as a leader, if my marriage is not solid, then my leadership is not solid. And so uh, that's a powerful book. And you may say, well, I'm not married. Read that book. Um, because even if you're not married, um, it'll let you, especially if you're a woman leading men or if you're a man leading woman in your group, you need to read that book. Praise the Lord. Um, because it tells you how men are wired, and it tells you how women are wired, and that's way. And that way, as men, you don't offend women. Praise the Lord. Uh, and as women, you don't offend men. I, I want to continue, just in case you didn't know. Um, we we are tracking through the Book of Mark, uh, and so I want to encourage you uh, this Tuesday for Tuesday night Bible study. Read Mark chapter three, and then for next Sunday, read Mark chapter four. We're reading the book of Mark because it is a book of action. It is the, the main theme of the book of Mark uh, is it, 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 it um, illustrates Jesus as a servant. And, and the theme is found in Mark chapter 10. We'll get there eventually uh, where Jesus clearly says, I did not come to the earth to be served, but to serve. And to give my life as a ransom. Do you know that the thing that you're going to be judged on when all is said and done is not how cool you are, not how much you um, accumulated in life, not even that you were a good person. What you and I will be judged on is how well we served. Jesus says when we stand before God, God is going to say he's going to focus on two things. Number one, he's going to say, he, we want to hear the words, well done, good, and faithful servant. First of all, he's going to judge you on your servanthood. And secondly, he's going to judge you on how faithful you were to the task he assigned you. Amen. Repeat these words after me. I cannot control the fruit. I can only control my faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Don't, don't ever let anybody judge you on the fruit on the results because sometimes you, 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 you may not live to see the fruit of your labor heaven's going to reveal how many lives you touch when you didn't think you were touching anybody be faithful to what God has called you to do when you read the book of Hebrews I think it's chapter 2 it talks about the two about Moses and, and Jesus, how they were faithful to their house. Are you faithful to what God has called you to do? Amen. I, I, and so I'm tracking on this theme, and, and, uh, and I want to talk to you this morning on this series. This is part three of a four-part series, and I called this series uh, Getting Back My Real Life. Getting Back My Real Life. Getting back my real life. Because many of you, I look out in the audience and I 
and I realize there's more to you than what even you think you are. Amen. So tell the, you didn't you sound convinced, so tell the person next to you there's more to you than what you even think you are. Okay, okay, okay. I'm trying to, uh, and God wants to get back the real us, and the real us can only be found through the revelation of the Father. Our Father God gives us the identity of a real us. Let me give you an example. On Friday night, we had prayer. Uh, we prayed with uh, the, young, the, the young adults. Uh, I, just, I don't even call them young adults. The adults who are younger than me. That's what I'm going to use that term from now on because everybody's a young adult now to me. But, um, <laughs> but um, we, we prayed from 9.30 to 10.30. And this was really an eye-opener. And as we were concluding the prayer, I was going to ask the usual suspects to pray. You know, there's people that you ask to pray because you know they're going to call heaven down. And the Lord kept putting on my heart two of the most, you know, I wouldn't say, the, the, the most, maybe the most quietest people. They don't say much. And I called them to pray and I was shocked at what came out of them. Even I was talking to somebody uh, later, and they uh, 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 the next day, and they're like, did you hear that person pray? My wife and I said, Do we? we didn't know what was in that person. And Paul says these words, and this is what I'm trying to do with everybody who I come in contact in this church. This is the culture I want to create. And Paul says this, I've determined not to know anybody after their natural appearance, but after the spirit. There's a young man who doesn't have any children. I call him your great dad. Why? Because I see a father in him, even though he's 20. Amen. And so I want to talk to you this morning briefly uh, on the, my title is Tap Into God's Power. Tap Into God's Power. And let's, we're going to start with Mark chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. And I'm reading from New King James Version, and it says this, And Jesus entered the synagogue again, and a man who was there who had a withered, that is a paralyzed hand, and many theologians believe uh, it, his paralyzed hand was a result of an accident or a disease. In other words, he wasn't born with this hand paralyzed. Verse 2. And the Pharisees, that is the religious leaders, watched Jesus closely to see whether he would break the rules by healing this man on the Sabbath so they might accuse Jesus. Verse 3, Jesus said to the man who had the withered, that is the paralyzed hand, step forward. Then Jesus said to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save or to kill? But they kept silent. And when Jesus looked around at the Pharisees, he looked with anger, being grieved. Why? By the hardness of their hearts. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out. And as his hand was restored as whole, and his hand was restored as whole, that is his hand was healed as the other hand, then the Pharisees, the religious leaders, went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against Jesus to see how they might destroy him. I, I want to say something right here and then. Once Jesus knew there was a plot to kill him, he developed a succession plan. I wanna, I'm talking to those of you who are leaders in PT or leaders in in an organization or leaders in your company, uh, you, you, you're probably not going to be there forever. And I like what John Maxwell said, success without a successor is not success. And too often what happened, and, and we have, and Elder Roy and I, we talk about this regularly, and that is um, uh, we're determined now that uh, too often we would have a ministry and because the ministry leader never developed a successor, the ministry falls apart. That is not success. 
And so Jesus immediately in chapter 3, once, he, once the heat is on, he chooses 12 men to be apostles. And again, for those who you are who are listening or recording, uh, again, to help you to memorize who these apostles are. There are six apostles who have duplicate names, and Michael Jordan is Baptist. Okay? So six apostles who have the same name, Simon Peter, Simon the Zealot, okay? James Alpheus and James Zebedee, okay? John no, Judas, yeah, okay, good. Judas Iscariot and Judas Thaddeus, okay? And then M, MJ, M is for Matthew, J is for John, B is for Bartholomew, or he's also Nathaniel, okay? A is for Andrew, P is for Peter, no, Philip, just one more. Checking on you. And T is for Thomas, okay? And those are the 12. So he has this succession plan to make sure that when he leaves, his work goes on. Are you with me so far? And so I want to talk to you about three, three characters in this story. I want to talk about Jesus, the audience, and the injured man. Jesus, the audience, and the injured man. And then we're going to talk about um, how to tap, T-A-P, into the power of God. Amen. And so, um, so you know the scene uh, that we described here, that the religious leaders, and, and you need to understand the, the scene here, the religious leaders, the, the Pharisees, the the the, the religious pros, whenever they were, whenever they gathered into the synagogue, which is basically the Jewish church building, they all sat up front because they got the choicest seats. So you need to understand that when Jesus is speaking, these could you imagine speaking? I mean, it, they say that agoraphobia, uh, you know, fear of crowds. Uh, speaking in front of people is one of the greatest fears that people have. Are you following me? So could you imagine you're speaking and everybody in the front row is looking at you basically saying, I hate your guts. And they're looking at you, waiting for you to say something so that they can have a reason to kill you. The Bible says that uh, the enemy of my, not the Bible doesn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> and some of you would say, yeah, preach. <laughs> no, 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 the Bible doesn't say that. But there is a saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You need to understand that the Pharisees and the Herodians hated each other, hated each other. And yet, because of Jesus, they got together. You know that's bad when people who hate each other get, to be get together because they want to take you down. Amen. <laughs> and, and so... They're watching Jesus to see if he breaks their rules because they had a whole list of rules that you can't do on the Sabbath, which is Saturday. So Jesus, uh, he, 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 he looks at this crowd and he is grieved. So Jesus is grieved because of the reaction of the crowd particularly religious leaders. The Bible, uh, or the, this word grieve means to make uneasy, to be offended. And you may say, and you may say I would never offend Jesus, but there's a replacement here for Jesus who's called the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter three, two, 4, verse 30 says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Mm. Do we make the Holy Spirit watch things that shouldn't be watched? The Bible says that your body, 1 Corinthians 6 and 2 Corinthians 6, your body is the temple of God. 
Let me ask you something. Where have you been taking God's church building lately? Oh, I can list a list of places that you need to ask yourselves. No, that we need to ask ourselves. Is the Holy Spirit offended by my being here? Is the Holy Spirit offended by what comes out of my lips? Is the Holy Spirit listening to that rap music that has four-letter words and vulgar language? Is the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, get our hands up. Get, is the Holy Spirit... <laughs> is the Holy Spirit saying the curse words with us? Or is he offended is he grieved? Is he sitting here saying, I can't believe I died for you to free you from this and you voluntarily walking in this? If the Holy Spirit was in your house, which he is, how are you talking to your wife, husband? How are you talking to your husband, wife? How are you talking to your parents, children? Or is there even any talking? He's grieved. And, and he's grieved because of the hardness of their hearts. So now we have Jesus who's grieved and we have sadly the audience whose hearts are hard. This word heart means dull of perception, meaning there's a lack of repentance, uh, covered with callous. Many times when I was in, um, when I was uh, in, the first time I went to Barbados, and if you're from Barbados, don't be offended by this. This is 1965, okay? So it is 1965. What did I say? 1965. So then, I, I, no, I was, here I'm a no, American kid, and, and, and when I was growing up, no, no, we, we weren't wealthy. Uh, and, and so uh, the worst that we encountered poverty, meaning me and my brother, is that when we were kids, when our sneakers would wear out, Okay. You would take cardboard and put it in the sneaker so that, you know, your, your foot wouldn't basically be, you know, torn up by the tar. Now, they, they don't even, you know, they, you know so these kids have now eight, and nine pairs of sneakers. But anyways, let me. Uh, and so, so we went, yeah, so yeah, when they get dirty, they throw them out. <laughs> but, but, so when I went to Barbados, I used to see kids who would walk around barefoot. And I, I couldn't understand how could they walk around barefoot on gravel roads. Well, of course, you discovered that you develop a callus on the bottom of your feet so that the, so that the rocks don't even affect your feet anymore. You don't even feel the pain. Are our hearts so callous that we don't even feel other people's pain. Have we lost sensitivity to the Holy Spirit so when God's moving, we, we, everybody's worshiping and weeping and doing, no, uh, 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 tum, what do you call it? Cotwheels, thank you, swinging from the chandeliers and you're sitting there like, I don't feel anything. Could it be because your heart is callous? Is your heart so, have our hearts grown so callous that sin doesn't even bother us anymore? Or what used to bother us doesn't bother us anymore. And you may say it's growth. But in the church I grew up in, they called it backsliding. It's not back leaping. It's backsliding. What do you mean? First, you used to sit in the front. Then you slide to the back. Slide to the right. Slide to the right. Two times. Okay. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Two pews. <laughs> it is this word 
hardness is covered with calluses. In other translations says arrogance, unyielding, stoniness of heart, stubborn, oh my God, stubbornness of heart. Oh my, Sister Anita, Alanita, there's so much stubbornness in the church. We call the person they worship what? Leader? The worship what? The worship what? The worship what? I mean, most of us, we, we're more obedient at wedding, par- at, wedding, at wedding receptions than we are in church. Follow the leader, 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 follow the leader. And everybody goes, follow the leader, 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 follow the leader. And yet in church, when the worship leader says, Let, let's lift up our hands, I don't have to do that. It don't take all that. More obedient in a party than in the house of God. Tell your neighbor, say, he's talking about you right now. I saw you at that party yesterday. You know, follow the leader, leader, leader. <laughs> Woo! Blind-hearted, close-mindedness. Church always has to be a certain way for you to feel the spirit. Indifference. Nothing moves you in the house of God. Hardness of heart. What struck me here is just going back. When when the men in chapter two I talked about, you know, getting off the mat. The Bible says, and I told you that Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synoptic gospels. And in other words, they tell the same story from different points of view. And so Luke says it this way about the man who was healed. He says, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, Jesus was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by. Here these guys go again. It says, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. In other words, God's power, Jesus' power was there, present to heal. All, all, he, all that had to be done was for these guys to get this, this paralyzed man who couldn't walk into the atmosphere. And I want to encourage you. I'm trying to make, by the grace of God, I'm trying to lead PT into a place that if you can just bring your friends in this building, they will have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. That's why we're gathering groups to pray here from 10 to midnight on Friday nights. That's why we have the morning prayers. We're trying to keep this. We want the water, the water level of the spirit to rise so that, so that your friends who you've been trying to get to church, all of a sudden they change their mind. They say they come to church. And while they're sitting there thinking that, oh, this is a band, this is a nice music, start coming down their eyes and say, what's going on here? Because they had an encounter. There's nothing like an encounter because you can't unsee what you saw. So here's the interesting thing. So in chapter two, you have four men who, who because, because their friend was paralyzed, there's four men, you don't have to get up, and, and they bring their friend who's paralyzed into an atmosphere where this man can be healed. Four men fuel a healing. But then you have, in this chapter, a bunch of men in the front row who are hindering a healing. So the question is, which crowd do you belong to? Do you feel the presence of God or do you hinder the presence of God? Are you the one who, when the worship leader says, lift up your hands? And are you one who says, okay, I'm going to agree with you, even though I don't feel like it. I'm going to agree with you because you're leading us. And my, my assumption is, is that you spent time in the presence of God before you got up here. And so you, you didn't just pick songs because, ooh, this came up on Spotify. I think we'll sing this one. No, you waited before God. You picked the right song. So I'm going to trust that you did that. And I'm just going to follow you as opposed to, I don't feel like singing that song. My, my spirit's not feeling it. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> 
I wish Regina was leading today. She's my favorite worship leader. I want Emmy back in there because I like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it working? It's working. It's working. It's working. There's a scripture that speaks to that. We want Paul. We want Paul. We want Apollos. We want Paul. Oh, the Bible speaks about that kind of stuff. You need to be obedient to the Spirit of God in the both of them. So you have the Jesus, you have the audience who's hard heart, and then you have a third group, a third person called, and this is the injured man. His, his hand is his hand is shrunk. His hand is wasted. His hand is injured. This word withered in the Greek, shrunk. He's, it, <laughs> Have your hand become so withered and paralyzed that you, you stop reaching for more in life? Has your hand become so paralyzed that you're now wasting talent that God gave you. This word withered means injured. It speaks of, has there been an injustice done to you? Have you been wronged? Have you been damaged? Have you been harmed? I got good news for you. Jesus has come to heal you. So you won't settle for less. So you won't waste your talent. You are not damaged goods because Jesus is in the building. However, he's asking you to do one thing. I need you to stretch out your hand. How do I tap into the power of God? First of all, I got to stretch beyond T my thinking. Stop saying nobody in your family ever went to college. That doesn't mean you. Stretch beyond your thinking. Stretch beyond, A, your attitude. We talk about your heart. Thirdly, stretch beyond people. That's how you tap into the presence of God. You stretch beyond your thinking. You stretch beyond your attitude. You stress beyond people. You stress beyond people who are against you. Not that he's against you. But you even need to stretch beyond people who are for you. What does that mean? Sometimes many of us won't move unless other people, other people, like, confirm it. Like, I, I can't move unless I know Elder Roy is with me. Well, there's sometimes when he won't be with me. And I think sometimes God is saying, I, I need you to stop. Mm, I need you to stop using people as crutches. You need to hear from me. God, God wants to speak to you personally. Praise God for the people who are hearing from God. But if you're only using them as, as, a, as a Catholic priest, like the only God wants to, God wants to, and, and there's nothing wrong with Catholicism. But my point is, is that they have confessions, they have the priests as the as the go between, and God is saying, no, no, you have a high priest who's Jesus, and in fact, I call you priests. You can go before God, you can hear from God, because if you're not hearing from God on your own, you're not His child. There's another word for it that I can't use it, even though it's King James. I want to close with this. And if, if the kids can just stay with me one moment. Um, I need a volunteer. Good. Yeah, come here, Bugle. Okay. And so, Sister Sandra said a powerful word, and I want to leave this with you, how to tap in the presence of God. Everybody knows that the currency of the kingdom of God 
is faith. Okay? So the currency of the United States, of course, is the dollar. The currency of Japan is the yen. The currency that runs the kingdom of God is faith. Are you with me? So, so a dollar is a noun. Are you with me? Person, place, a thing. It is a noun. So faith is a noun. Right? Faith is a noun, but believe is a verb. Okay. With a powerful words that Sandra gave last month. And I was thinking about that. So the Bible says, this is powerful. Oh, just give me two minutes. This is powerful. The Bible says that in, in, in verse 2 of, of Romans chapter 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can so that you can what? So prove that God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. And I used to stop there, but the next verse says, God's going to help me because he gives, he's given to every man and every woman a measure of faith. In other words, he's already given you currency to operate in the kingdom. But... That faith won't work unless you believe. Faith is a verb. Believe. Sorry. Faith is a noun, but believe is a verb. Are you with me? Okay, so come here quickly, and then I got, because I got to let you guys go. Okay, so I'm going to give you this gift card. This is a gift card, okay? And it's a gift card to where? Dunkin' Donuts. Ooh, you're smart. I point to PT. She's like, no, Dunkin' Donuts. Now, <laughs> Now, some of you look at this and say, no, that's a gift card to PT. No, it's a gift card to Dunkin' Donuts, okay? So, the gift card, praise the Lord, you can keep it. That's a wonderful gift card. How many of you have ever gotten a gift card? Okay, praise the Lord. How many of you have ever gotten a gift card and never used it? Okay, so, so my point is, is that faith is the gift card. Believe is going to Dunkin' Donuts. You have enough faith. The question is, are you going to go to Dunkin' Donuts? Thank you very much. Let's stand up quickly. Stand up quickly. Kids, kids, kids who are going. No, not, not the adults, the kids, sorry. The, the, the children who are going to Sunday school, could you stand up? Could you point in their direction and say, Father, bless our children. Bless our Sunday school teachers. Open their hearts so that they may receive the word of the Lord. And let them have encounters in Sunday school class. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you, kids. You, you, you have enough faith to get done what God wants you to get done. Now, here's the challenge. Is everybody with me here? Here's a challenge. When people give off gifts, now many of us lifted up our hands that we've had gift cards that we didn't use and in some instances expired. Everybody track with me? And now I may have given a gift card to somebody who did not use the gift card, but because I'm unaware that they didn't use it, I may have assumed that they liked it and given them another card. Had I known that they didn't use a gift card, I would not have wasted my money buying another one. Are you hearing me? Is this making sense? But God is not like me. Good to see you. I know you're happy. Anyways. <laughs> well, inside joke. So you need to understand that if God has given her a Dunkin' Donut gift card of faith, and she does not go to Dunkin' Donuts to use the gift card, why would God give her? another card 
some of you, you're asking for more faith. And God is saying, why would I give you more faith if you haven't even used the faith I've given you to get what's already within your reach? People want faith to open blind eyes. And they don't even have faith enough to deal with a cold. People want faith to buy a brand new house. And they don't even have enough faith to tithe. You need to understand that tithing, giving 10% to the Lord, it's not that God needs your money. Every time we tithe, what we're saying to God is, my source is not my job. Elder Anita, can I get five on that? My source is not my bank account. Because some of us can afford to give 10%, some of us cannot naturally afford to give 10%. But turn your name and say, neighbor, neighbor. regardless of how much you make, you cannot afford not to tithe. Every time I tithe, every time I give in the, a check or, or I text or whatever it is, I am saying to God, you are my source. And there'll be weeks when I'm looking at temp, that 10% and say, oh, that would be good to pay this bill. And God, But I'm saying to God, if I give you 10%, you'll give me back 30% to pay the bill. My source is you. That's why parents, it is so, it is powerful if you teach your children to give God 10 cents out of the dollar so that when they're making $1,000 a week, it'll be easy to give God the 100 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tap into the presence of God. Tap into his power. Stretch beyond your thinking. Stretch beyond your attitude. Stretch beyond other people. Stop using people as a crutch. Stop saying the people are against me. The Bible says if God is for me, who can be it against us? Let's, let's stop singing lies if we don't believe it. The word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. He is a powerful God. He's an awesome God. If you can just take one minute, one, in fact, 30 seconds, just praise God for the faith you have right now. Praise God. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for the faith. Thank you for faith. Thank you for faith. Thank you for faith. Thank you for faith. God is amazing. God is amazing. This is the beauty of it. I can borrow you, EA. This is the beauty of it. God basically says, I want to save EA. But I know EA don't have faith. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give her enough faith to get saved. Meaning that you couldn't even get saved if God didn't give you the gift card of faith. You think you just all of a sudden decided to go to church when all the when when the other ten and fifteen years you couldn't stand church, but all of a sudden you accepted the invitation. The Holy Spirit wooed you, put faith in your hand and your heart, so that when the word came forth, all of a sudden a, a message that you heard ten, fifteen, twenty times, and you were indifferent, all of a sudden there's something in your heart moving. What? It is God giving you. Um, enough of a measure of faith to get saved. That's why if you go to hell, you go to hell because you've chosen to go there. Mm, Because although God gives you the gift card, he can't make you shop. And it's going to be too late when you stand before God and you say, God, I'm ready to get saved. And you're going to say, no, the card expired. It expired. It expired. Could you break the rules for me? No, it, it, it expired. It, ex- it expired. You, you had a year to use it, and you didn't use it. In this case, you had a lifetime to make a decision, and you didn't. 
And you have no one to blame but yourself. Well, Johnny, he, he heard the gospel 800 times and he got saved and, and, and you only gave me eight times. Well, you got eight times, you got eight times more than you deserved. And if I chosen to give him 800 times, what's that to you? What did you do with your eight? This is serious. God is asking us, I want you to get back in real life. I don't care what your grades say. I don't care what your finances say. I don't care if English is not your first language. I don't care if you're a single mother. I don't care if you're a single dad. I don't care, if, I don't care who you are. There is nothing that's impossible to you if you use the faith that I give you. If you will believe, he said to Mary, Martha, in John chapter 11, if you will believe, you're going to see the glory of the Lord. Repeat these words with me. Lord, help me to believe. Help me to believe. Help me to believe. I have... I have seven to 10,000 gift cards in here. And God is saying, when are you going to stop believing it? When are you going to stop believing it? When are you going to stop believing it? And I don't know about you, but I choose to stop believing right now. As every head's bow. Thank you, Jesus. And every eye's closed. First of all, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, and even now, you sense him speaking to your heart. And he's speaking to you and he's saying, I want to, I want to come into your life. I want to, I want to heal your withered hand. I want to heal your life that has settled for less. I want I want to give you my life because the devil, the liar, the thief, John 10 verse 10, has come into your life to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, I, I, I want to give you your real life back. but you're going to have to tap into my power. You have to stretch beyond your thinking. Why, why do I have to do all this? Why do I have to come to Jesus? Why do, no, you, you have to stretch beyond your thinking. You have to stretch beyond your attitude, stretch beyond your, your heart. You got to stretch beyond other people. And you have to stretch to to touch me, Jesus. Jesus wants to become a part of your life. And the beautiful thing is you have enough faith to give your life to Jesus today. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation to give your life to Jesus. not asking you to join a church. He's not asking you to get christened. He's not asking you to get baptized. He's not asking you right now. He's asking you to give your heart to Jesus. Or if you were once walking with the Lord and you're not walking with him anymore, he's saying to you, you need to come back to the Lord. And I would be so honored to pray with you as you are desired to receive Jesus. So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, never asked him into your life, or you did, but you're not walking with him, but you want to give your life back to him. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if that's you, could you slip up your hand? I want to, 
I want to pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. I see that hand. Is there any other? I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Any others? Keep those hands up. God, one, two, three. Good. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. And everybody repeat this prayer after me. But we're praying with the individuals who have their hands up. Everybody repeat after me. Dear Lord, I come to you a sinner. All that means is Jesus does not live in my heart. But Jesus, I thank you for dying for my sin and being raised again from the grave so that I could become a child of God. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Your word says, whoever calls on your name shall be saved. And so, Jesus, I'm calling on you. Save me and make me God's child. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. I know right now I'm God's child. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for those individuals, those at least the four I saw, raise their hand to you, Lord. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will continue to, to, as I said, create an atmosphere around them that fuels their faith, that fuels the fact that you are real, that fuels the fact that you have a better life, a more real life for them. I thank you for grace. I pray for protection. I pray that you will keep the enemy from their heart, the, the enemy from speaking lies to them, the enemy from saying to them, nothing happened there. You just had a religious experience. No, you didn't have a religious experience. You had a Jesus relationship. Long after this service is over, let them feel your presence. Let them feel your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I want to say one more prayer and then the praise team can ask the praise team can come right now unless they're going to be part of those who stand. I, I really, I have made up my mind that over this next year, this next 15 months, I really want to come alongside many of you to, to strengthen your faith, to strengthen your faith. I, I just believe that like my, myself, many of you have promises from the Lord and it seems like, um, it's been delayed sometimes years, sometimes decades. But I'm here to tell you that delay is not denial. And, 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 and if by God's grace I have to take your arm and put it over my shoulder and drag you over the finish line, I will do that. Because when you come into the promise of God, we all celebrate. And so I don't know what you're believing God for, but if your faith seems to be waning that's all right that's all right trust me i've been there but i want to be one of those people who will fuel your faith even today so if you're if you're having some challenges if you're in a faith fight and you're just battling just to believe um i want you to stand and i just want to pray over you right now just you you know where you are right now i want you to stand quickly come stand quickly let's not play around we're you know, I'm not asking you to confess anything, but you're, you're wrestling with some stuff. You're in a faith fight. You're in a war. You're in a battle. Thank you, Jesus. Before I pray, just for one minute, those of you who are, who are sitting, if you see somebody around you, I want you to point your hand in their direction, and I want you to pray for them right now. I want you to pray for them right now. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22, verse 30, 31, Jesus said to Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. In other words, we can pray for people that their faith will be strengthened. Come on, right now, just for another 30 seconds, pray for that individual. Someday you're going to be standing up. Someday you're going to be standing up. Someday you're going to be standing up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for faith. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Strengthen their faith, Lord. Give them scriptures. Give them prophetic words. Give them confirmations that will strengthen their faith, Jesus. Oh, God. It's not
not a figment of their imagination. It's a vision. It's a word from the Lord. And thank you for your strength, Jesus. Father, I thank you for each and every individual who is standing right now, and I come alongside them. Father, the Bible says in Luke chapter 8 that trouble will come into our lives, not because of us, but because of the word of promise. And so the devil is not so much attacking us. He's attacking the, he's attacking the true us, which is the promise that we're believing you for. It's about the baby. Just, mm, Jesus, just as the devil tried to kill Mary's baby through Herod, so the devil is trying to kill the dream, the vision, the plan, the promise that he put in our hearts. Our, our spiritual womb is our heart that holds it in faith. And so I'm asking you, in your name, Jesus, like, like the writer to Hebrews, I'm asking that you will help us to hold fast, hold firmly to the profession of our faith without wavering because you are faithful who promised. I pray, Father, that you will bring people, bring sermons, bring confirmations, into, bring uh, 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 all, everything that's needed, even this sermon as another way of saying I haven't forgotten you this is going to happen I'm going to be with you I'm going to bring it to pass I need you to believe me I need you to trust me Lord when the contrary winds are blowing and it seems all is lost I pray that somehow faith will arise out of nowhere but it's really not our own it's really not out of nowhere. It's from your spirit. And so I thank you, Lord, that you have fueled, just for this moment, you have fueled their faith today. And that's all that's needed because the Bible says now faith is. Now, Father, we just need faith for now. When tomorrow comes, you'll give us faith for tomorrow. And so I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And Lord, I I'm going to be excited when we see the goodness of the Lord manifested. In Jesus' name, amen. And God bless you. Thank you, Jesus.